This is your host, Sean Tudor. And this is Sam. And this is episode eight. Good job. Love it. What are we talking about today, Sam? Today, we're going to be talking about starting a business. Sean, I'm going to be asking lots of questions because you're an expert at starting businesses. (laughs) Expert's a pretty big term. Um, But I can give some insight on uh, just, I guess, my experience with starting my first business. Yeah, I figured most of this will probably be about the good old stable living. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, but I'm since stable living, I've started a few LLCs just for pretty much the halibut. Um, Once you start one, it's kind of like might as well just have a bunch of them. Is that what most people think, or just you? I don't know. Once you start one LLC, you realize that it's not a big deal, and you can just start a bunch. Yep, and you have done that. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, starting a business, I guess. Ryan and I uh, started Stable Living back in 2017. We had an idea. Uh, we were working in a group home previously. I didn't like how things were ran, and so we decided to start our own. Um, We didn't know how to start one. Hell, we didn't even know much about... We didn't know anything about group homes besides just caring for the clients. And what was your life like? What were you doing besides working at this group home? Well, so both Ryan and I... We were uh, we were in the National Guard together, and then we went to school full-time at the University of Eau Claire. Studying business. Yep, studying business. I was studying uh, finance at that point, mm-hmm. and uh, Ryan was studying business administration, I think. And why'd you switch? From finance? Yes. Holy shit, so... Um, we were going to school. All right, so we're going to school. We decided in the spring semester of 2017 to start stable living. We Googled how to start an adult family home in Wisconsin. We, in between classes, we'd meet up at the library. We would do a bunch of work um, and just making documents that we didn't know what they were. We All we did, we read... Uh, like the DHS 88 legislation, we just... That's the Department of Health and Safety, if anyone didn't know. Yep. So we just we just read, we would just read, like, the legislation, and then we would just start writing documents off of the fact that, like, what that told us we needed to have. Um, so we wrote a slew of documents, um, got my parents to agree to rent the house I was renting from them into a licensed adult family home. Mm -hmm. Uh, We did everything to get that up to code. Uh, And then... Which that house was pretty easy to get up to code compared to future ones. Yeah, that one, luckily we didn't have to do much. It was really just smoke detectors, fire extinguishers, um, put some put some papers up on the wall, things mm-hmm. like that. It was super easy for that one. 
Um, and then we submitted all our documents and come May, I think we were licensed. We had no licensed adult family home. Didn't get our first client until July. Mm-hmm. And with taking that client, they, the, the rates, the daily rates that we heard before, um, were half. So this, this client we were offered was half the daily rate that we were hearing, uh, like our previous employer was getting. Right. And so we didn't understand. So we talked with the case manager and the case manager pretty much told us like, Hey, you guys got one opportunity here. You take this guy for six months, only him at this low daily rate. If it works out, we'll give you more after six months. If it doesn't work out, we'll take this guy and you guys are done. And so we had an opportunity uh, to, to take this guy and to test it out. And keep in mind, we have to work 24-hour shifts. Or we, we got to be... We got to be working 24-7, essentially. Luckily, we got some leeway and we were able to be away from the house for up to uh, three hours, I think. Or yeah, two to three hours. Two to three it's hours, good. something like that. We we're uh, Two to three hours, we were allowed to be away. Um, but, like, that was only once or twice a day. Mm-hmm. And so that was just enough that we would be able to, like, if we had to go to a class or something, we could. Um, but so Ryan and I took turns doing 24 hour shifts every other day. And we did that, uh, for the first six months and we made no money. We lost money. So Mm -hmm. anyways, essentially this is what happened. We're going to school full time. I set up my schedule. So I would go to school Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Ryan set up his schedule so all of his classes were Tuesday, Thursday. I was in finance at the time, and I go in for my first week of classes, and I had way too much schoolwork for, like, having to work 24 hours every other day. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this done and run this business that was making me no money. And so I was like, fuck this. I went and I talked to my advisor. I was like, I have this business I started. What can I do to graduate as fast as possible with essentially the least amount of work? Entrepreneurship degree. Boom. Perfect. That's what I'm doing with my life. So entrepreneur emphasis uh, in a business management degree. So I was like, let's do it. I ended up getting a marketing minor too. Uh, because I need to have a minor with uh, entrepreneur emphasis. So I decided to go that route. Uh, that was a lot nicer because it was a lot less busy work. And I got to use my business as the whole basis of my case study moving forward. So I had, I think I had, it was like four semesters worth of entrepreneurship classes and I got to just use my business and work on my business in that class for the next four semesters that was my case study I did everything through that Mm -hmm. so it worked out phenomenal um well so it was four half semesters so it's two full semesters four half semesters because it was like three hours 
three times a week. Anyways. Oh, for only like oh half the semester. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, 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 they just like pounded that. But the the good thing about that, I mean, I had a lot more time in class, but because I was working on my business the whole time doing the case study. So like whenever we weren't learning about something, we were working on our project and the project just happened to be my business. So it's phenomenal. Mm. And you're in a field too that you need to research on it constantly. No, oh, for sure. Um, and so it, that was that was great. I was able to do that. Um, and that really made going to school full time and running a business full time work. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did that for the first six months. Mm-hmm. After six months, they were like, hey, you guys did good. Here's two more guys. So we got two more clients pretty much right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, as soon as we hit that, yeah, it was like as soon as we hit the six months mark, it was December, the end of December, and right away the like, second week in January, Yeah, we got our other two guys and we got a full house. Um, and so those guys were both uh, similar rates to the, to the first guy we got. So Overall, the rates were way different than what we originally had thought. And so that threw us off completely. We were making half the amount of what we were expecting to make. Um, So put into perspective for you guys, I think that first year in business, my tax returns had $5,600 on it. And you worked for the other group home, I think, for the first month? I worked for the other group home for the first month. And I had um, National Guard in that, too. Mm-hmm. And so between those two things, with the business, in total, I made $5,600 my first year in mm-hmm. business. Um, so not much. Thankfully, uh, Sam let me live with her and not pay rent. Uh, so that helped significantly. Uh, because I wouldn't, I gave up my house. So my house I had, I gave up so I could start a group home. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to break down that story. Okay. So let's start off with the first month. So you and Ryan, you, you came up with an idea. And in order to make that idea come true, you had to do a lot of research. Mm -hmm. How much research? A lot. It, all right, so... I mean, you're... So, sh- in the group home field, you have to do probably three times as more research compared to most fields? Well, the thing is, we just have to... So, we have the Department of Health Services that oversees us. We have to have a state license, which is state-inspected. We have to work with managed care organizations who... Uh, you, you have to have a level of qualifications... And that's what was really stumping Ryan and I at first was because we were business guys. We worked in group homes for months, not even a year. Um, and so convincing, number one, the state of Wisconsin to go, hey, we're going to give two, 20, I was... Tw- uh, 21 so, t- turning 22. Yeah, so Ryan and I were both 21. Mm-hmm. And so when we applied, we were both 21. And so they had to approve two 21-year-old 
guys in going to school full-time for business to start a state-licensed assisted living facility. Mm -hmm. So how would you tell someone to start their research? (laughs) Google. Uh, So as simple as this, Ryan and I had an idea. We wanted to start a group home because we knew we could run it better than our previous employer. Mm. That was our idea. Mimi's snoring in the background. And so that was our idea. And all we did was Googled it. Mm -hmm. How to start an AFH in Wisconsin. Lo and behold, it brings you to a page that breaks down everything you need to do to start an adult family home. I remember looking at that. It is ridiculous how, like, easy they made it. Oh, yeah. Well, so the the checklist was super easy, mm-hmm. right? So it just had a checklist stating you need this, 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 blah, blah, whatever. Awesome. Ryan and I printed out, okay? We're looking at this thing, and we're like, hey, what the hell's an ISP? I don't know. How about a service agreement? No clue. Emergency plan? What's got to be in that thing? And so it had a list, but we didn't know what the, how the hell to make half the stuff on the list. So that was where the work and research came into play. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're starting a construction business. Oh, you also will have practice in that, though. But Okay. Let's do uh, something I've never done. Um, uh, retail. Okay. I know zero about retail. Correct. One time for a little stint, I did, um, uh, run a cash register, um, sometimes. My goodness. Okay. So you're starting a retail business. What is your first step? Well, uh, so the first step would be defining what type of retail you're going to do. So researching what is probably a good thing to sell? Yeah. Yeah, so whatever, like, your market's going to be, researching that market. Mm. So you don't want to open up a store for high-end women's clothing if you're in a lower-class neighborhood with Hmm. a whole bunch of men in it. Right. Yeah, I mean, so you have to find a target market. Mm -hmm. So whatever you're selling, whatever your business is going to be, you need to make sure that there is a market in your area for that and that you're going to be able to sell that product Mm -hmm. or go online because then it doesn't matter. And I think you can Google a lot of like, what is the demographic of Eau Claire, Wisconsin? Oh, absolutely. So that's a good first step is what's your market looking like? Yes. Um, And then you'd probably want to look up anything you need for like licenses, certifications, um, other things that states and counties and cities make you have. Yeah. it. um, I have have conflicting opinions on retail. Mm -hmm. And... And most business. The reason the reason we had to go so intense on 
stable living is because it need to be state licensed. Right. And you can't just go pick someone up off the street and go, hey, need 24-7 care, pay me from the state. That doesn't work. If we're talking retail, right, uh, give me a product to sell. Um, watches. Watches. Okay, watches. So do you manufacture them yourself or do you get them from somewhere and then you resale? Uh, let's go. Can you get them and then like personalize them? Sure. Cool. All right. So we get watches from a manufacturer for a cheap price. Get it from China, whatever. Ships it in. We, we customize them and then we send them out. All right, so the first thing you're going to do is put it on Facebook and try to sell it to a friend. Try to sell it to anybody in your area. Ooh, I like that. Or Craigslist. You do not need a business. You order 20, fuck it, you order 10 watches and you just see if they sell, period. If they don't sell, you're not, you don't start that business. Okay, that's smart. Yep. They sell, they fly off the shelves. Awesome. Do it again. Do it again. Then you realize, okay, I have now made $5,000 off of selling these watches only on Facebook. Okay, what happens when I do an online store? So, start an LLC. It, you can Google how to start an LLC. It costs like $250. Also, disclaimer, you don't have to start an LLC. You don't have to start an LLC. You can just, if you're... You just use this as income. Sean prefers starting LLCs. Uh, can you quickly go over the pros and cons of starting one? I just like LLCs because if I'm operating under an LLC and that LLC, if something happens, it gets sued, whatever it is, it's separate from me and it won't steal my assets, my personal assets. It will just steal whatever the LLC's assets are, which I keep to a minimum in my LLC's. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's like some bigger people that we know that like, especially real estate people that don't have LLC's. So it's not necessary, but it is a good thing to look into at some point. Yeah. LLC's are not necessary at all. Mm -hmm. Um, but they can, they can make things a lot cleaner because I just, get a QuickBooks account for my LLC. I have set up a separate bank account for that and that all runs through there. Everything is kept in one area. It's just clean mm-hmm. where you're you're selling these things on Facebook. It's great to do and I recommend doing it to make sure you have a viable product and a viable market. Once you have that stuff established, now you can make it a business. Mm-hmm. You're just doing trial and error until you make it into a business. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyways, after starting the LLC, what do you do next? Well, then you you could start your like online platform website. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you would just start with uh, like Facebook marketing, some sort of marketing like that. If things are already selling on Facebook, uh, use Facebook ads and boost them. Mm-hmm. And so you can get more traction on Facebook. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't selling on Facebook, well, then you're, you didn't make it to this step. Mm-hmm. Or Craigslist or... Etsy. Etsy, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Any any of those platforms, you can try out before starting a business to make sure you have a viable product and a viable market. Mm-hmm. So, let's next, okay. So, the next thing in your 
starting uh, stable living. Yep. You stated that you only made whatever fifty six hundred. Mm-hmm. So, what tips do you have for uh, being like financially stable at the beginning of businesses? So, Ryan and I were good with our money, uh, and and we saved. Uh, Ryan was a little better than I, um, but but so we had money saved up so that we could live off of some of our savings. Um, so, and, and we could also pay for any unforeseen things that came up if we didn't get paid from the state. Um, and things like that, we were able to float it for a while. And for group homes, you had to have like a... Three, th- uh, two, it, 60 was... days. 60 days of operating expenses. I thought you had to have like $20,000 or something. I It was 15000 yeah. Okay, yeah. So for most businesses, you don't need that. Um, right. But you and Ryan also had wonderful, significant others that helped mm-hmm. support you through that journey. Absolutely. Um, so that's definitely something, if you're going to start a business, to consider. If you're going to quit your job to start a business, make sure your significant other is okay with it and that their income can support you if you make very minimal money that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a huge thing in my mind. Otherwise, like right now with this podcast and website, I'm working my full-time job and I come home and work on the podcast, blogs, all that fun stuff in my free time. Yep. Now, think, most businesses, you can have another job. If Ryan and I weren't going to school full-time, we could have had another job easy. I mean, Ryan did. You didn't. Yeah, Ryan did for a bit. He worked at Menards for a few months. And you made sure you could never go back there. Yeah. (laughs) Different story. But right. So I didn't have another job. Uh, One thing we did, though... For extra income. So Ryan and I are pretty big into fitness. And so and so uh, we saw that the college was selling weight equipment for cheap. Ryan and I showed up. So we, uh, it was, I think it was like a weekend or something. And anyways, the guy, the guy, our client went to his family's for the weekend. Mm-hmm. So Ryan and I went to the sale, and at the sale, we you showed up like four hours early too. Yeah, so check it out. That sale didn't start till noon, and Ryan and I were there before eight a.m. And you want to know what we had? Credit cards. We did not have cash. We had credit cards, so we go there. And so pretty much I lived off a credit card for, I lived off of Sam and a credit card and some savings for my first year in business, Mm -hmm. whatever. So we're there, this weight equipment was at a massive discount and we went to the school and we bought it all. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of people that were not happy. Yeah. Yeah. People were showing up at like 1145 and we're just like, guys, check it out, go home. Like, you're, we were first in line. You're not getting anything we we already have. As soon as we walk in the door, we're buying every single piece of equipment in there. Yeah, because they were really nice, too, because they already priced it all out for you. And, like, 
because you told them you were going to buy everything. So they're like, okay, well, we'll just like quickly do this for you. Well, so yeah, they had their prices online and we walked in, we're like, is this serious? And they're like, yeah. And so we're like, okay. And we bought everything. Mm-hmm. And then what'd you do with it? Resold it. For quite a bit of profit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, we did that before we got our first client. Yep. Yep, you did. Because we wanted to, we had already sent in all of our paperwork. Mm, yeah, you were going to start a different business. Oh my God. <laughs> so, Ryan and I, oh my God, I forgot about this. So, Ryan and I were going to start. So, we had everything sent in for the license, but we hadn't heard back from the state in like three months. Mm-hmm. And so, we were panicking. We're like, this might not work. And so. We saw that sale and we're like, fuck it. We're going to just start a gym then. So we went and bought all that equipment to start a gym. Ended up getting licensed like two weeks later Mm -hmm. when we had all that equipment. And then we're like, well, we can't do both. So then we sold all the equipment to get a guy and Mm -hmm. a client. And that's how we floated through our first year. Mm -hmm. That's right. So yeah, we decided pretty much when we decided we were going to start a business... We were going to start a business. If it was an adult family home, it was a gym. Like, we were starting a business. That's it. It was happening. Are you glad that the group home happened? <laughs> Dude, so much happier we didn't do a gym. I bet. Um, so, how would you push through those long days once you got your first resident? Like the 24-hour shifts? Yeah. You're just there for a purpose. That's that's just what you told yourself? Bigger reason. Wait, what? You, Like, you're there for a bigger reason. For your future? Yeah. Yeah. That's all you have for that question? I, I mean, so we're there. We're watching after one guy who is pretty independent. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was our test. Like, we had to succeed the test. So, Did you think about giving up? Oh, probably every single day, 20 times a day. Me too. Yeah. I had to spend quite a bit of my time at that group home as well. That's because you wanted to hang out with me. I know. So, yeah, no, I mean, the big thing is, right, we were there. We were losing money. And we were spending 24 hours every other day there. At the group home, and then every other day we were spending our whole day at school. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, definitely uh, the thought. So how much easier would it have been to not do that, keep working a part-time job, and just go through life relaxed? Mm-hmm. Way, way fucking easier. Mm-hmm. But... uh you know, then the the days that you think that, you just remind yourself, like, there will be an end to this. Mm-hmm. There is something greater. I'm not going to be working 24-hour shifts the rest of my life. Like, we make it through this six months, we'll get more guys. We'll make it through another six months, and we'll do something. And so it's just, like, mentally reminding yourself that there is more to come. 
Did the benefits outweigh the sacrifices? Looking back now, absolutely. In the time, hell no. How many sacrifices do you think you had to make? Well, all right, so I had a house. My parents bought a house for us uh, and that we rented from them, my brother and I. My brother moved out. I had a couple roommates. Uh, it was a, a verbal agreement that um, my parents would sell me the house and that would be my house down in Eau Claire as soon as I graduated school. So I had a house lined up, a good house. I lived in that house for, uh, I think, three years at that point. Mm-hmm. So it was a good, I knew it was a good house. I loved the house, right? That was going to be my house. Um, and so, boom, right away, I got to give up my house, okay? Second sacrifice, I had to give up all of my free time. Mm-hmm. So all my friends would be hitting me up. Hey, Sean, let's go to the bars. Let's do this. Let's go snowboarding whatever it is let's go golfing no i can't i'm working a 24-hour shift well you just would have to tell them your off days yeah yeah well i mean i could do that on my off days right Mm. um but the off days i was in school for most of it that's true and so i mean besides the first month during the summer there wasn't you know there once school started it was that um and so i mean in that aspect, time, gave up a bunch of time, gave up a house. Um, and then, I guess, other sacrifice, I don't know. A lot. It wasn't really a sacrifice, right? But when you start a business, at least when I started this business, I think there was like three cheerleaders for me. And everyone was else was like, you're a fucking idiot. You're going to ruin people's lives. What are you doing? Like, you're taking care of other people. You're going to ruin their lives. You're going to ruin your life. You're not smart enough. What makes you qualified? And and so I had a couple cheerleaders. Um, what I, I would say my biggest uh, support was probably my brother. He was, like, the one that thought I could do it more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. So that was really cool. I appreciate him for that. Um, but besides that, like everybody else, well, not Sam and my parents, but um, I guess it did come from my parents quite a bit. Like, why are you doing this? Like A you, little bit, yeah, yeah at you, first. You could do anything else. Why are you doing this? Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And you and I, I mean, when you started the application process, we were only a month into dating. Yeah. And not even. Yeah. So when you got your first resident, we were only six months into dating. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't know what kind of drive you had. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, my biggest cheerleader at that point in time was my brother. Um, and I thank him for that. Um, so, yeah, you're going to get, I mean, cheerleaders compared to naysayers is going to be 95% to 1. Mm-hmm. So everyone's telling me I'm not going to do it, can't do it, things like that. Then you have a couple people who are like, you can do it. So did you just focus on the good? Or did you use that negativity to feel you to fuel you to do better? You know, I, I have... One thing I love about business and about life 
is the journey. Because mm-hmm. I am 100% a different person now than when I started the group homes. 100% you are, yes. And so that's one thing, dude. When people talk about like winning the lottery, I'm like, that would be the worst thing that could happen. Mm-hmm. Because you get rich without the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That would be miserable. Do you think you're more humble now too? By far. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, so many things. Like when I first did the business, right, I, I at that point I was pretty – I didn't – I don't think I understood at that point in time focusing on positivity. Well, that's no. not true. I definitely did. Yeah, you always have been. Yeah, I've always been that way. Okay, so positivity. Okay, so I've always been that way. Mm-hmm. I guess I haven't changed 100%, maybe 95%. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So anyways, so yeah, definitely I focused on positive things because I guess I've been doing that since I was like 14. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, and then I was definitely, once there were so many naysayers saying I couldn't do it, I pretty much was like, yeah, fuck all you. I'm going to do it. And every, I think every time you got a new resident, you would just like poke a jab at all those people. Just like, hey, I got another one. Oh, for what sure. What do you think? Huh? 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 Yeah, I had to let him know. Um, so I just, one of the greatest things was the people that said I couldn't do it. After I had three group homes and they asked me how things are going, I'm like, yeah, I got three group homes working on four. They're like, what the fuck? Or when I have my second one. Yeah, I got two group homes now. Mm-hmm. We're going to my third. Mm-hmm. Um, so that 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 fueled me quite a bit was all the, the naysayers. Um, and then just trying to think of like positive. Because I mean, you are like we were helping another person and mm-hmm. we were out there to help other people. The whole reason we started the business was because we thought we could provide better care than others. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there was always that aspect. Like, that was that was the driving force to start the business. Right. Yep. Um, and one thing, too, that you had written in your notes is you'll definitely learn how to say no. I had that in my notes? Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, saying no is just, I mean, you have to do it. You have to say no and sacrifice your time for other things, hang out with people. You have to say, I mean, no to a lot of things. You have to have a backbone to start a business. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't have a backbone, no one's going to, like, believe you can do it. You're not even going to believe yourself that you can do it. And once you get employees, it's just, it's not going to get better. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that's just something I've noticed. Uh, yeah, no, telling, telling people no, uh, that's when I became really good at it, right? I'm trying to better myself and others around me. I'm trying to make a better life for our clients. And I have friends hitting me up to go to the bar and I'm like, no, dude, I've got more important shit on my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, you have all the people telling you not to do it and you go, no, dude, I like, I don't care what you say. I'm going to help these people. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once we got started getting clients saying no to case managers, like, Hey, you guys should 
take this person because you have to. And we're like, we, we did it with one individual. I think it was like our second referral that we accepted. Um, but then they would throw us more referrals. And I'm like that, like, no, we can't do that. We will. Cause, cause no matter what the, like the main thing about a business to have a successful business is you have to be profitable. Mm-hmm. And they would offer us people uh, that would make the, like the first six months was one thing cause we had to prove ourselves. But after that, you have to make it profitable. Mm-hmm. And so they would ask us to take people and I'm like, no, we, we would lose money. Like our main thing was once we have one group home, we need two, we need three, we need four because we wanted to be able to help as many people as we can. And if we're not profiting, we're not helping anyone because the business is going to go under. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a huge problem with group homes in, I don't know if just Eau Claire or Wisconsin in general. I think in general because... We'll hear, like, um, Ryan and I, we, well, COVID. Um, Before COVID, Ryan and I would go to, like, assisted living trainings and meetings and stuff. And we would meet other individuals uh, that own assisted living facilities. And they would be accepting clients at half of our lowest rate mm-hmm. like what we can take is our lowest they'd be taking at half and we're like you're the reason you are the people that give assisted living a bad name you are the ones that by allowing that rate they try to push that on us and now you guys are going to go to business because you can't be profitable and so with your business is going to shut down mm-hmm. so that's the biggest thing is now, I mean, they, I don't even, we haven't got dumb rates like that in a while now because they'll call me and I'll, I'll just, I'll explain to them why that's an absolute no. And I've gotten, um, some people pretty upset with me. Um, I think the, the rate supervisor of Eau Claire, she's not a fan of me. Um, but I explained to her, uh. If I'm not running a successful business, then you're going to have to find places for a dozen residents or more. So I can't accept these low rates because I'm not willing to let my business fail. Worked a a hard, like, you know, we've done a lot of stuff, had a lot of sacrifices to get to this spot. Ain't going to happen. And now you've proven yourself that you don't need those like you don't need to take the shitty clients to prove yourself anymore no everyone knows you do well at your job and you take care of the presents like you're supposed to and do Mm -hmm. extras for them um so they give you what you deserve right yep i mean because you have to set a standard and that was the whole point with us starting this business is to have a higher standard Mm -hmm. and that's what we have done so far Mm -hmm. and are going to continue to do so I have two things to piggyback off of that. Okay. Um, one of them is becoming an expert in the field. Yeah, so recently, um, so I started this business with Ryan. Uh, it's pretty much self-ran now, and it's going good. Um, and, and since that's happened, well, kind of in general, I've just always had multiple things going on. 
and I do a lot of uh, self-development, self-growth, uh, a lot of like researching on improving uh, your personal self and business. And it finally dawned on me this week that if I want to be a subject matter expert, if I want to be very successful personally and in business, I have to uh, be the best in our field. Mm -hmm. I have to be a subject matter expert in our field. So it really just dawned on me this week that I need to quit with all my side hobbies. I need to quit doing, you know, I, I do a lot of construction because I, I enjoy it and I have to stop that. I can't do that. I can't do, I can't help out friends and do tune-ups on their cars anymore. You know, I, I can't waste my time on that kind of stuff anymore because I have to be a subject matter expert in the field. And if you do that and you know more than everyone else, you're going to be able to progress so much faster and people will be looking uh, towards you for advice. Mm. So that definitely comes in with like the research part, become an expert in your field. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and Ryan and I, um, we were doing pretty good with that. Um, up until probably about a year ago, mm -hmm. um, that we've been lax on that. Um, and then it really dawned on me this year that, that I need to get back to that. Mm -hmm. For sure. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is pricing. So obviously your pricing is different than most businesses. Yeah. Um, but I remember I was listening to a podcast mm -hmm. and I don't remember which one it was, but they were discussing how... Um, pretty much you can price your item, service, whatever you want, um, pretty much at any rate because they said they saw a disposable razor for a thousand dollars and you can also get them at like the dollar store for a dollar. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, there is some kind of market out there that someone will buy that thousand dollar razor. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously don't be ridiculous with it, but... You can make, I mean, if your prices are profitable, you can kind of make them whatever you want. Yeah. And if, I mean, if it doesn't work out, then lower your prices as long as it's still profitable. Or you can lower your cost to make it still profitable. Yeah, so uh, with cost, it really goes into what you're providing. So if your marketing or your thing is we offer concrete work cheaper than anyone around, okay, you're going to get a market for that. Um, if, on the other hand, you do custom concrete work and you guarantee that it's going to be quality, it's going to last 30 years, um, it's going to be the best concrete work out there right? Mm-hmm. You know, charge three times as much. Mm-hmm. And there's a market for that because you're going to get the individual who, who's building a house and they want quality. You know, you, you'll get a general contractor or builder who's building houses and you want a reputation for the highest quality. And those are the people that are going to hire you. Mm -hmm. You're going to get the individuals who live in nice houses who want a new driveway and they want that driveway to look nice in 
everyone else's driveway in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And you could probably also get the people that went with the lower quality one at first, didn't get the greatest job, and then they're like, you know what, let's pay a little bit more. Absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, you, you get what you pay for, and also, if you're underpriced, people are not going to think your quality. Mm-hmm. So if you sell something at 99 cents and it's the same product as the person selling it at $3, inherently, you're going to think, even though it's the same, like a very similar product, same product, you're going to think the $3 one is higher quality. Oh, yeah. Um, and so that's where, you know, you depending on what your goal is, Ryan and I didn't want to be the cheapest around. We wanted to be the highest quality, and so we priced accordingly for that. Mm-hmm. And you take into account the extra um, expenses that you guys do do, which is like, I mean, in Group Home World, it's doing more activities, yep. um, not getting the cheapest food. Right, yeah, I mean, we took that into account. Uh, we have a budget sheet now. Um, at first we didn't, but that's all stuff we've learned and, and added. And um, we, we do paid activities. I don't think other group homes do that. I've been told other group homes don't do that. Um, we we have a lot of on-call staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have two lines of backup, always uh, 24-7 on-call. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of places don't have that. No. Nope. Um, we have extra training for behaviors, so uh, we we spend a lot of money on extra training so that our employees can be ready in tough situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do, there, there are definitely fields that we try to go above and beyond on, um, and that's where we try to provide that extra, that higher quality care. Right. Uh, my last thing on my list is business plan. I feel like we should have talked about that earlier, but oh well. Um, so depending on what your product is, my number one thing is going to be just start, just try. If it isn't going to cost much, try. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to sell watches, Sell it to your friend first. If your friend won't buy it, you're in trouble. Um, try before going too deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can. Certain businesses, you can't do that. And you definitely can't do that with group homes. But um, So start there. Once you get things rolling and you know that it's viable, then you want to do a business plan. Mm-hmm. I like to use a business model canvas that outlines um, your streams of revenue, your market, your target market, how you're going to, uh, your marketing strategies, um, where you're going to operate, uh, what what things you need to do for uh, licensing-wise, uh, tasks you need to perform to to make those things work um it's a that one i like using the most just because it lays everything out on a on a 
essentially one page, one canvas, um, and everything's in one area. Then mm -hmm. you can work after that. Mm -hmm. Cool. Is there anything else you want everyone to know about starting a business? Uh, if you start a business, you're going to grow as an individual leaps and bounds more than if you are an employee mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because you have to take on every role as an entrepreneur as a business owner uh, you have to go through a lot of trials and tribulations it is not easy it's very very difficult you will think about quitting almost every single day but what's good about it is how much you will grow as a person and then how much you can help others if you continue to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I guess my big thing would be is like if you want to start a business, try it. Because the worst that's going to happen is whatever you're doing right now, you can just go back and do that in three years. Mm -hmm. so it's not gonna I mean it's not gonna set you back that much right to try it I mean do a worst case and best case scenario you know what's the worst that's gonna happen okay if right now you're working for 40 50,000 a year because you have a degree or you have a stable job you have experience in something worst case you're gonna go back to that job Okay, what's the best case? You start a business. In three years, you're able to grow that three, five, ten times what you're making now. Mm -hmm. You're going to be helping a lot more people because you're going to be employing individuals. You're going to be serving a lot more people because you're going to have a lot bigger clientele, whatever it may be. Um, you know, so... So staying where you're at now, you know that, hey, in three years, I'm still going to be making 40000 Maybe right. 40100 Okay. 40000 or 41000 Okay, cool. Or you could try this business thing. You could be making 200000 in three years. You can make 500000 in five years, whatever it is. Um, is that upside worth it? Uh, you'll 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 learn and grow so much more as a person. Um, if that's worth it, you should probably uh, try it out. Because worst case, in three years, you can just go back to making forty thousand a year. And sure, you might be making one thousand less than you were, could have been making. Mm -hmm. But at least you tried, and you're probably going to have learned a lot from that situation. And it's going to have made you a lot better person uh, for that job that you could have just stayed at mm -hmm. and definitely start sooner rather than later i think you and ryan starting to group homes in your 21 21 yeah. years old 21s whatever early 20s there we go um it that was a lot easier than if you started them now like i i don't know if you i think it would have been a lot easier to get more clients because this state would have been like, oh, it's two 25-year-old guys instead of 21-year-old guys. But when you're in your early 20s, you don't 
you have some responsibilities, but I don't think as much as what you do now. Yeah, I mean, starting that young, we were in college. We were living off of nothing anyways, because college kids live off of nothing. So who cares? Mm -hmm. We have, what, we had five roommates? Who gives a fuck? Yeah, and you can always, um, like, every year I was always able to take out extra student loans to have extra money if I wanted. Mm -hmm. And student loan interest is super low. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just... I mean, if you do it correctly, if you don't go through some crazy private companies. Anyways. It's... If you're smart about it, to an extent, and and you could even do it so... Okay, you have a kid, you have a wife, um, you're... You both both have full-time jobs, whatever. You can still start a business. Start a part-time. Do it in the afternoons. Downgrade your living standard. One person works full-time. The other person, you know, they started their business part-time. Now it's up to operating full-time. Now that other person can move into that. Mm -hmm. Um, It's... It's pretty simple and with depending on the business and the internet and things like that, it's it's too easy in this day and age to start a business and being able to start it part time. Mm-hmm. And then once you know that it's a viable thing, you have the backup. I mean, depending on your situation, if you have a significant other or whatever, you might have backup supports or you've been saving money this whole time while working. And so now you're doing your full-time job. You have a part-time job. Now you can move into it. Um, and you have some savings and stuff that can carry you through downtimes. And uh, then you can focus all your energy on that one thing. Mm-hmm. Just keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, that's all I got. That is all I have. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you got something out of it. Uh, don't be afraid to start a business if you ever want to talk to me about starting a business reach out and i'm more than willing to talk about it mm-hmm. can you email us at tutors of life at gmail mm-hmm. and or go to our website tutors yep or our instagram tutors of life yeah <laughs> all right everyone have a splendid day afternoon night whatever it is good night